Hey, it's Jordan. We'll fire up the Chill Factory in about 20 seconds. First, I want to make sure that you have the Chill Factory app. It's an amazing podcast companion that helps you relax between episodes and forever. Stay tuned to the end of this episode because I'll be giving a special password so that you and 99 other listeners can use all of the Chill Factory app's features for free. The way we feel in our bodies matters so much. The more attention we pay to the sense of touch, the more we really care about how we feel. And then the more we care how we feel, the more we consider how other people feel. And so I think it's a real exercise in empathy. Hi, and welcome to The Chill Factory. I'm Jordan Friedman. 25 years ago, when I directed Columbia University's health education program, we asked students what their biggest wellness complaints were. And most of them said stress, not surprisingly, even 25 years ago. Then we asked them, how can we help you reduce this stress? And it was amazing how many of them said they would like on-demand, free, 60-minute, professional, full-body massages. Well, that was definitely not going to happen, but at about that same time, I noticed in the neighborhood where I live in New York City that there were these storefront pop-up massage places where you'd go in and pay something like a dollar a minute for a seated, clothed back rub. And I thought, maybe we could create a program like this at Columbia. We could work with licensed massage therapists and train students how to give light touch back rubs for free in teams at events around campus. We put the program together, we named it Stress Busters, and we were ready for our first event. We had no idea how it was going to go, but after just a minute or two, students started to pour in. And shortly thereafter, it was like magic. There was this incredible feeling of calm and happiness and togetherness that overtook the space. And that kept happening each time we would have events. Well, as science around touch developed, we learned that touch, even for a short time and even light touch, can stimulate hormones in our bodies, namely oxytocin, which is associated with feelings of well-being and hope and happiness. Fast forward 25 years to about three weeks ago, and I was wondering, is there anything new on touch? Is there any new science and research? So I went to the web and I put in new research around touch, and lo and behold, three days earlier, a new book called How to Feel the Science and Meaning of Touch was released. The book is by Sushma Subramanian, and she's here in the Chill Factory today. In addition to writing How to Feel, Sushma is a science and health journalist. She's written for Scientific American, The Atlantic, Elle, and many other publications. She's also an assistant professor of journalism at the University of Mary Washington in Virginia. Before we started talking, I asked Sushma to read an excerpt from the book's introduction. In studying the growing epidemic of loneliness in Western countries, psychologists increasingly focus on our lack of touch, and not just the problem of having no one to talk to. 
We're recognizing that some people have such a deep need for physical contact that a lack of it can contribute to depression, trouble empathizing with others, and a compromised immune system. This collection of symptoms is seen in a condition that has been called skin hunger. Avoiding touching altogether may make some social situations easier, but if we don't allow ourselves some of the discomfort of closeness, then we also can't experience its rewards. We forget the importance of small pats on the back and hand squeezes. It isn't until we go without them for a long time and someone touches us again that we even notice what we're missing. Sushma Subramanian, thank you for coming to the Chill Factory. Thanks for having me. Sushma, a lot of study has been done over the years on touch being a a stimulant for oxytocin and serotonin and dopamine. So maybe if you could talk about the chemistry just a little bit to further set the stage. Sure. Well, as long as it's a gentle and wanted touch, it triggers the parasympathetic nervous system and all of those hormones get released. And then if you experience prolonged deep touch, a few things happen. You exhibit less aggressive behavior. Also, there is a lower release of the stress hormone cortisol, which is part of your body's fight or flight response. And then that lowering of cortisol helps to curb inflammation in the body and increase the body's count of white blood cells. Uh, So that helps in defending the body against disease. And just generally, what's been noticed is that all of this chemical shift helps to counteract issues related to loneliness, depression, and mood and anxiety disorder. So people who experience skin hunger, they experience a lot more of this than people who report getting a lot more touch. What's really interesting to me also about you and the book is that you talk about how, as a younger person, touch was not something that you loved. And in fact, you steered away from it when you could. So how did you go from those feelings to (laughs) researching and writing a book? And everyone, I encourage you to read the book. There's a lot of touching that was a part of Sushma's research on the book as well. I actually wrote the book because I was trying to figure out why I didn't like touch so much. Of course, there were all those scientific questions, and I'm a science writer, so I was really interested in that aspect. But I also thought it would be a good experience for me and for the reader to kind of figure out what my deal was. So it was a bit like an opportunity to get therapy (laughs) out of the whole thing. And I think that when people say they don't like touch, it's really complicated, right? Because the way that we express ourselves with our body really says so much about our psyche. And for me, that really developed when I was young. I am just inherently a kind of shy person, definitely an introvert. And so I just wouldn't express myself that openly, including through touch. But then in addition to that, there was a lot of kind of social influence. So like my family, they were also not big touchers and generally not big feelers. So each of us was taught to kind of manage our emotions on our own and not bother other people so much. And of course, that's hard for a kid, you know. Um, And so I, I think I became a 
even more touch averse because of my upbringing. And so while I was doing the book, one of the chapters is focused on me being a student in massage school. And I really had the opportunity there for the first time to practice giving and receiving touch in a setting where it didn't mean anything, right? It was just about enjoying the physical experience. It wasn't, am I getting in someone else's way or are they, I don't know, trying to cross my boundaries or, you know, all of those issues. It was just like a school setting. And so I was really able to experience touch just, you know, the fun part of it without overthinking. And that really helped to reprogram my my thinking about touch. And I definitely became a lot more expressive um, with my body after that. I wonder if in our everyday world, if there's a way for people who feel skin hunger, who would like to be touched, even if it's a tap on the arm or uh, a hand on a shoulder uh, to invite that. While I would definitely encourage people to challenge whatever views they have on touch, I, I also see how difficult that is. I mean, there are a lot of new ways um, that some people have found to get the touch that's missing in their lives. Like people are seeing professional cuddlers, right? That's um, a growing area of business. And what is nice about that, even though it makes people nervous, which I mean, that's a whole other story because why does it make people nervous? People are more comfortable with say sex work, right? Than with the idea of someone being paid to provide caring touch. And why is that? But in that setting, people can experience what I did in massage school, which is just experiencing touch for for the sake of just touch. But you know, I also just want to be really honest about the limitations of where we can find comfortable touch in our culture these days, because I think our culture used to be more open to touch. Like, you know, men would openly embrace other men. And uh, I think women, too, were more um, touchy with each other, although women are kind of socially conditioned to be more comfortable with friendly touch than men are. But yeah, things have changed and it seems like more and more touch is relegated to our romantic relationships and fewer of us are coupling up. So that means fewer opportunities in our culture to engage in healthy touch. Yeah, you talked about in your book the arc of going from touch being welcomed and even promoted to being something that's taboo and associated with a lot of negativity. It's really, really too bad because we need touch more than ever for, for those of us who want it. So I'm, I'm hoping we can swing the arc back again at some point. Yeah, well, I don't think we're going to go back. I, I think that, um, you know, our culture has been on a long road, not inward, but I guess at least to not touching each other. Um, and I don't think the goal should necessarily to go be to go back because I'd argue that in a, 
I mean, in, in the older, more touch-friendly society, it could be very hard for people to speak up about touch they didn't want. And touch does make us feel incredibly vulnerable. It can be used for abuse. Um, and that's certainly been ignored a lot. So what we want to embraces all of the feelings that we have about touch, positive and negative, and let ourselves just have those feelings and just learn to communicate them better. And it really comes from, you know, from a young age, thinking about things like bodily autonomy and, and your right to speak up about your needs and what feels good to you. And these are not things that many of us learned as kids. Um, Instead, we really learned to comply in certain ways, right? We received the lessons, um, look but don't touch, or you have to go hug grandma. And so from the beginning, we're not allowed to have our own feelings and act on them. So it's really about um, changing our relationships around that. And I think, you know, that really... That, that same lesson um, stands for our entire lives. One area that really got my attention is the troubling triad of high-tech, low-touch, and loneliness. Do you want to talk about that triangle a little bit? Because you talked about it so eloquently in your book, and we're hearing more and more about it in the media. And I think it's a really important subject to talk about. Yeah, definitely. It's no accident that we created this highly visual technology that we're addicted to, right? We have valued vision so much as a culture that that is the sense around which we've built our lives. And so we spend our days sitting at our computers and hardly interacting with someone. And it's, and it's not just technology that it's, that's to blame, but it's really these um, underlying values in our culture. So in terms of like the loneliness issues, I feel like it's more complicated also than just screens are causing our loneliness. Because I do think that we've been on this long road to valuing touchless. And so I think that when we talk about the loneliness epidemic, a lot of that is partially to do with our screens and all of that, but partially just our culture becoming more and more splintered, right? Having fewer opportunities to do communal activities in person. Right. That we're not in each other's presence as much. And boy, the pandemic has Uh, fuel that as well, we almost forget how to interact with people in person and in some cases to naturally connect with them physically. Oh, yeah. Well, I can say for myself that since the pandemic, I kind of worry that I've lost all of the benefits of massage school that I gained because I've just been so out of touch with people. Um, But what I will say is that whenever there is this uh, shift in our culture, Um, in terms of the way we think about a sense, there's also this like um, way that we compensate for it. So even as we've spent more time in front of our screens, we also see this growing popularity of things like yoga and massage and spa culture. 
And I think a lot of that is because of this need that people deeply feel that they want to care for their bodies and just have those physical feelings. So I think that there are ways that we compensate, but we also have to remember that there's a select few of us who have access to those things, right? They're costly. And also there is, I think, this cultural belief that it's like, women for whom those things are acceptable, not for just everybody. So yeah, they're not a perfect compensation. You reminded me of an experience that we had with the Stress Busters program where a student, after receiving a free five-minute back rub, began to cry. And the students who were trained to provide the back rubs as well as uh, professional staff who were always at Stress Busters events, um, went to her and asked her if uh, she was okay, if there was anything she needed. And she said, no, I'm, I'm fine. It's just that I haven't been touched since my mother dropped me off at school four months ago. And mm. I cried <laughs> when I, I heard about the story because it's almost that sometimes we forget the skin hunger. We forget, even if it's not touch, we forget that we need social support, that we need kind words, that we need people to let us know they care about us. Oh, yeah. And and I also think that the less that we experience touch, the less we actually notice all of those sensations in our bodies that are telling us whether we're happy or sad or lonely or all those other things, we just become less in touch with those feelings. So the more touch we experience, really the more grounding that we have in ourselves and our bodies. So yeah, that's uh, the example that you gave perfectly illustrates that. Since you have the unique perspective of spending so much time thinking about touch and researching it and talking to professionals in the field, writing a book about it, what stood out to you? What's the big takeaway if if there is one takeaway for you on this topic? I think the takeaway is about recognizing what our unconscious conditioning is. So there are ways we're living our lives without paying attention at all to our sense of touch because we've trained ourselves to be more visual or i mean maybe we're we're listening more but but many of us are kind of silencing out touch but if you pay attention to touch you also end up first of all experiencing the world in a new way so whether you are wearing a soft t-shirt or uh you know a rough jacket that's going to affect the feeling of your body but also your mood and just your general beliefs around life, right? The way we feel in our bodies matters so much. The more attention we pay to the sense of touch, the more we really care about how we feel. And then the more we care how we feel, the more we consider how other people feel. And so I think it's a real exercise in empathy. Beautifully said. Sushma Subramanian, thanks so much for coming by the Chill Factory. This was great. Yeah, this was really fun. Thanks. 
I've mentioned Stress Busters a couple of times during the episode. This is the program that I created at Columbia University where we trained teams of students how to give free five-minute light-touch back rubs to other students at events all over campus. I thought it would be fun to teach you one of the most popular Stress Busters moves, and it's called the Buster Duster. This has never been done before in audio only, so let's try it out and see what happens. So imagine you have somebody in front of you uh, in a chair. A regular chair is fine. You can ask them to sit forward a couple of inches so that you can work on their back. And what you'll do is you'll take your hands, palms out, and bring them up about chest level. So it'll sort of look like you have your wings spread with your elbows straight out to your side and your hands open, palms out, fingers spread a little bit right at chest level. And then you'll take your hands, your fingers, and you'll place them on the back of the person in front of you to either side of their spine. And with dusting or sweeping motions, And with very light touch, you'll just run your fingertips from either side of their spine, right along their back, out to the sides of their back, and off their back. So again, you're taking your open fingers, palms spread out, you're placing them on either side of the spine of the person in front of you, and you'll with dusting or sweeping motions, take your fingertips and just run them along their back from the side of the spine out and right off the side of their back. And you can just repeat this for 15 seconds or 30 seconds or perhaps longer as it's very possible the person in front of you will ask you to keep doing it because it feels so good. You wouldn't think that this simple light touch move would feel as good as it does, but um, I'm telling you, it's my favorite at least. So uh, invite someone to be the person who sits for you. Try out the Buster Duster and let us know how it goes. By the way, I'm very proud to say that after 25 years, Stress Busters is still busting stress. After Columbia, I installed it on other campuses around the country, and now we have given more than half a million back rubs. Before we finish, I want to make sure to give you a special password so that you and 99 other listeners can use all of the features of the Chill Factory app for free for one year from the original post date of this episode. Just go to the App Store or Google Play, download the app, and enter the password TOUCH. There's a free version too, but this password will unlock all of the app's rapid relaxers, anxiety dissolvers, sleep enhancers, and much more. It's quitting time for this episode of The Chill Factory. I'm Jordan Friedman. Thanks so much for listening. The Chill Factory is produced by The Stress Coach, and you can find all sorts of additional resources at thechillfactory.net, including our show notes, which have links to resources mentioned during this episode. You can also listen to all episodes of The Chill Factory there and leave us a voice comment or question 
just look for the blue tab on the right side of all site pages. And be sure to follow or subscribe to The Chill Factory so you'll know when new episodes are available. And as gymnast extraordinaire Simone Biles said, at the end of the day, if I can say I had fun, it was a good day.